0: Good morning City Gates. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Lucy and I'm really excited to share with you about my Vice versa this morning. We'll give you a little warning, I talk a lot with my hands. So when I was young I had a pretty major crush on the lead singer from what I think is the world's greatest band, U2, and if you don't know who they are you should Google them after the service. And. You know, the lead singer, you know, sang with this great intensity and this brooding emotion and I would sing along and one of my favorite songs was a song called 40. And back then, I knew it was Bible-inspired, but I really didn't understand the meaning of the song. I was far more interested in the singer of the song. But over the years, the words to this song had really been ingrained in my heart and in my spirit and they always come to mind when I need to be reminded about who God is. And a recent example happened that I wanted to share with you today. About a month ago, um, we got woken up by a really loud knock on our front door, Sunday morning, eight o'clock in the morning, and I dragged myself uh, downstairs and there's a police officer at the door. And of course my first reaction was one of fear and panic, just a brief moment and I'm figuring out, okay, where are all my children? And uh, thankfully they were all fine. Um, But the officer had informed us that we had had a break-in at our office. Someone had literally taken a brick, thrown it through our glass front door and ransacked our office and taken all of our computer equipment. Probably took them about 10 minutes to do this damage. Um, and it was of minimal value to them. But for us, it was like someone ripped the carpet right out from under us, or I kind of felt like someone punched me in the gut and then threw me off a cliff. Everything we relied on to do our work was gone. All of the systems we built, um, everything, the foundations of our company were just gone in a matter of seconds. And the interesting thing, is that Vic had asked me to speak about my vice verse just prior to this happening. So it came rolling back to me, came uh, into my mind and literally hit me like a ton of bricks. I know it's a bad pun, but this is what it is. It's Psalm 40 verses one and two. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. And these verses have carried me through so many situations where I have felt completely out of control. Have you ever felt like that? Out of control and at a complete loss as to what to do? Maybe you haven't experienced a break-in, but in many ways we've all been robbed. We have been in a very, very long season of feeling helpless and isolated. Everything that was safe and familiar changed almost overnight. Our regular routines were gone, literally stolen by a virus. People we used to see, babies we used to hold, now restricted to Zoom calls or waves across a driveway. Perhaps you felt the devastating loss of a loved one or had a diagnosis that left you reeling. Maybe you've experienced the loss of a job or your income has been severely affected by this pandemic. We've all had times in our lives where we have felt completely out of control, like we've fallen into a slimy pit of fear and worry. But it's in these moments that these verses ring out loud and clear to me. And the bottom line is this, when we do not have control we must choose to trust in the one who does. I'm going to say that again. This is really important. When we do not have control we must choose to trust in the one who does. Now this sounds really simple but I tell you it has been one of the hardest lessons that I've had to learn in my life and I am still learning. The message which is a very reader-friendly version of the Bible. It really captures the truth and the struggle, which is in Psalm 40, and it says this, I waited and waited and waited for God, and at last he looked, finally he listened. And I just love this because it really portrays my struggle. I am really not good at this whole waiting patiently thing. I don't know about you. It is not my forte at all. And when I first read this verse in the other version, it makes me think that King David is sitting up there on his throne and he's just waiting patiently. There's angels singing behind him and birds chirping and he has this serene look on his face, but that's just not reality. David was human. We are human. The waiting part can be really, really heart-wrenching. We cry out to God in those times. We cry out with our questions, with our pain, and with our hurt. And many tears are normally shed in the waiting. But the truth is, is that all of it, and I mean all of it, is heard by God. He does not ignore but God's response is not always immediate. His timing is not our own, but his response is guaranteed. He inclined to me and heard my cry. The word inclined here literally means turned towards and bent down. So the picture that I have is if our child falls down and cries out in pain, The Father would quickly turn and bend down to help pick them up. And that is what God promises. Our God, creator of the universe, will turn towards you. He will bend down from the heavens and he will respond. He will lift you up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. And I think there is such hope in this verse. So let's talk about mud for a second. When my kids were little, they used to play in mud puddles. And I'm sure this has happened to you or or one of your children, you know, when they've got their rain boots on and they jump in a mud puddle that was a little bit too muddy and then their boot gets stuck. And then they're yanking and they're yanking and they're trying to get their boot up and their foot comes out, but the boot stays there. That mud is really strong. And then I think of, I saw this picture once, of a horse stuck in mud. This powerful, majestic, beautiful creature stuck in this mud and the more the creature struggled, the more that they tried to get out, the more stuck they became and they literally would die there if an outside force did not come and crane that horse out of the mud. And I'm using mud figuratively here because it really does represent sin. He will not leave you stuck in a place of hopelessness and despair. He will not leave you trying to figure things out on your own, struggling and struggling and struggling to get out of the pit of sin, only to slide back down into it again. He is the Savior. He is the one who will rescue us. He will lift you up. And this is my favorite bit. One of my biggest fears is a fear of failure. I am sure many of you have experienced this fear, fear of failing my kids, fear of failing my husband, fear as failing my employees, people who rely on me, fear of failing as a Christian, because I might struggle with doubt or questions. A big fear is one of making the wrong decision, going in the wrong direction. Sometimes it's a paralyzing fear. And this final verse has held me firm in place so many times. When nothing else has made sense, when the world is topsy-turvy, I trust in these words. He set my feet upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. The New King James Version actually says he establishes my footsteps. And to me, this reminds me of swimming in a lake. And you're swimming and you know that you can't touch the bottom. And it might be wavier than you'd like. And the wind is picking up and you are swimming with all of your might. And you can see that you're further from shore than you thought. So you start swimming stronger and stronger and you are giving it every little bit of energy and strength that you have and you still cannot touch the bottom then you start to feel very tired and very worn out and you are gasping for breath and you start to lose hope and then you reach down and your toe touches something firm and then your foot puts you put your weight down on it And then both feet. And then you realize that you have found a rock in that lake. And an enormous wave of relief washes over you. Because you know it will hold you. You know that you are safe. And you know that you can breathe now. That's what God promises. And he goes even further to say that he will make your footsteps firm. So to me that's like, God not only gives you that one rock to rest on, he then shows you that there is a path of rocks for you to get to the shore. And all you have to do is move forward in the direction that he points you in. We can break these verses down into four truths. One requires action on our part and the other three are promises. And you know, I love digging into scripture and tackling theological questions, deep passages that are very complex. But I tell you, it's these simple truths that I return to over and over and over again. One, there is a waiting period, patience recommended. Two, God listens, He hears you and he will respond. Three, God promises to lift you up. And finally, he will set you on a right path. I think the comfort that I receive from these verses is that God knows we will sometimes end up in that ditch. He knows we're gonna fail, we're gonna fall into a pit. It's not a surprise to him yet he has chosen to rescue us. And the picture of these verses really beautifully represents the gospel as well because ultimately God turned toward us. He bent down to save us from the mud and mire of sin. In fact, he actually got covered in that mud himself when he came down to rescue us in order that he could lift us up, wash us off, from all of that mud, which kept us stuck in that pit, and place our feet on the rock, which is him. So if you feel like someone has thrown a brick through your front door and smashed your plans, or if you've had your security ripped out from under you, read these verses, hold on to God's promises, because when you don't have control, you gotta choose to trust in the one who does. He's got you.